It would just keep talking until we arrive back on air. And there we are. There it is. How good. We are back on air. Much apologies, guys. We have a uh, slight technical hitch this morning. Not unusual for us here at Faith FM, where we run off a shoestring budget with a number of workarounds. Always, always an adventure. Anyway... I haven't done my intro yet, so good morning and welcome everybody. You listen to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you're with the double L team, Lyle, and not Lawson. Not Lawson this morning. No. Not Lawson this morning. Who have we got this morning? My name is Liam. Liam, welcome Absolutely. to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate it, Lyle. And uh, how are you this morning? I'm feeling very refreshed. I had a very good sleep last night. That's good. You had um, a long drive over. I, when did you, you you drove down from like where? And uh, yesterday I drove from Brisbane. Okay. Um, so I was I left at about midday, and arrived just after ten o'clock. Yep. Um, so I pretty much hit the hay straight away. Um, and then woke be... up bright and early this morning to come here. Fantastic. Liam, tell me, what are you thankful for this morning? Uh, this morning, in light of uh, yesterday being uh, International Women's Day, I am very thankful for all the very important women in my life, in particular uh, my mum. Um, moving away from home, I do miss her a little bit, not very dearly, um, and she means a lot to me. And I'm sure as I continue to, to grow over the next period of time, I will learn to really value how much she Big shout out me. for Liam's mum this morning. I hope she's tuning in, listening to the show. Love you, mum. Son, first time on uh, Faith FM radio, so I'm super excited about it. You know what I'm thankful for this morning? What are you thankful for? I am morning? thankful that you're sitting in that seat. <laughs> because if you weren't sitting in that seat, I would be here by myself, which would be kind oh, of... Thank um, you very much. Yeah, it'd be kind of different if I was here by myself. No, but. you'd get by. We would survive. Anyway, uh, Liam. <laughs> yes, indeed. The weather. The weather, weather. indeed. Um, so. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Uh, coming up in today's news, we're going to be talking about a Christian school that may be forced to close. Mm. Serious news. Whatever God shines light on me. Open up my eyes so I can see when I look up in the darkest night. Then I know everything's gonna be alright. In deep confusion, in great despair, when I reach out for Him, He is there. When I am lonely as I can be, then I know that God shines His light on me. Hey, 
sick And he heals the lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground Reach out for him, he'll be there With any troubles you can share And he heals lame Says you can do it too In Jesus' name Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around And he'll put your feet back on higher ground Welcome back, everybody. That was The Idea of North with Whenever God Shines His Light. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. We are about to have our first clue for our quiz of the day. Liam, what have you got for us? Yes, uh, this is a Who Am I quiz. Um, And the very first question, um, I will obviously shoot it to you first. Uh, It is, I made Ish-bosheth king of Israel. Okay, if you know the answer as to who made Ishbosheth king of Israel, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM if you know the answer to that particular uh, quiz clue. And, Lyle, and, yeah, do you know the answer this morning? I'm working on it. You're I'm working, working on, on it. it? I'm working on it. Look, I'll, I'll be honest, when I, when I looked at the answer... I, I wasn't too sure who it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Liam, what have we got in positively different news this morning? In positively different news, um, yesterday there was the uh, Women's T20 International World Cup Grand Final uh, between um, uh, Australia and India. Um, now, uh, as you would have heard in the news, Australia won that quite convincingly. Yes, congratulations, um, Australia. They, they did a smashing job, smashing uh, a, a, the record for the uh, largest attendance of a standalone women's uh, cricket cricket game um, by over 86,000 people. Um, but one thing that really stood out to me was Alyssa Healy, um, who is Australia's wicketkeeper 
um, in, in the post-match press conference, she sort of she was talking about the mentality that the Australian team took into uh, the, the tournament, and um, she mentioned Black Panther, which is a movie that was released a couple of years ago, um, and she, she focused on on a particular suit that uh, Black Panther wears in that movie, um, and what that what that suit does is when uh, Black Panther's foes uh, come in and pursue him, and and they, I guess they they go into physical combat. That suit absorbs all the the power, I guess, and saves it for later for a time where where Black Panther can then use it against his enemies. Um, and that was sort of what they were focusing on for that. They wanted to absorb um, all the whenever they got beat down, they tried to bounce from that and and overcome their challenges so that they could then come and 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 do their best in the matches that they had. And I was really thinking that that's a, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a, a modern way to, to look at living life. When, when we've got issues, um, we don't have a, a Black Panther suit that we can turn to, but we do have a very incredible God that we can talk to um, and turn to whenever we're in times of need. And um, whenever we've got troubles, we can turn to him and pray that he helps us to bounce back. Um, sometimes... We bounce back uh, immediately, and uh, it's a it's a very immediate thing, and, and we notice it straight away. Sometimes it might take some time to bounce back, um, but yeah, that was sort of a, a sort of a one thing that I saw on the weekend. Do you have a? How do you did you follow the cricket at all? Uh, no, I had a very busy weekend, which did not involve following the cricket, oh. unfortunately. But it uh, it's you know it's. I, th- I think you're absolutely right because every one of us mm. at some point in the time is going to get knocked down. Yes. A very good close friend of mine in the, you know, the last uh, couple of weeks has taken like about three or four heavy hits. Mm. And it's at times like that that you sort of stop and think, you know, where's God right now? That's it, yeah. <clears throat> and how do, we, how do we actually deal with that? And those are the times where we need to remember that God is carrying us. Mm. You know, it reminds me of the footprints in the sand. And we have an opportunity then to turn those negatives into a positive and to, uh, yeah, just turn that, turn that whole situation around. And, you know, accept the fact that there's some negativity coming our way, but to reverse that and to grow from it. Um, and particularly to you know to take it to Jesus Christ because mm. he is you know we've been studying through the book of Daniel if one thing you learn from the book of Daniel is that God is an expert at turning you know defeats into victories you start off in Daniel chapter 1 and God's people have just been smashed and destroyed and they've been sent into exile and this is after four generations of idolatry and they've forgotten about God and all that God has left on the planet mm. is Jeremiah Ezekiel and you know <clears throat> four teenage boys and that's about it. Mm. You know, you think, okay, God, you're done. You know, God's God's had taken hit after hit after hit after yeah. hit after hit. And, you know, the quiet smile on his face, he just turns that around and turns it into a great victory. Mm. And so we serve a God who specializes in turning defeats into victories, which Indeed. is a good thing. Indeed. Another very positive story that I, I read recently um, was it was about wombats. and um, Everybody likes a wombat oh, story. They are adorable. And, I think these are um, my my wife's favourite Australian creature. Oh, they're wonderful creatures. Many, many very interesting things about them. Um, but there was something that I learned recently that was a, a little bit inspiring. Um, and one thing that uh, wombats, they burrow into the ground um, to, first of all, find shelter, but also um, to find a source of water. 
Um, so, you know, off, quite often small lizards, they'll also take advantage of these little holes um, to, to, you know, provide, again, a source of shelter and a source of, of uh, hydration. Um, but uh, throughout these times where uh, things haven't been ideal for the animals in the, in the country, um, there have been plenty of other animals that have also been taking advantage of the wombat's uh, burrow. Uh, I, I read that kangaroos have been going into these burrows and, and um, finding the water source that the wombats have found as well and, and lapping that up, as well as some birds and uh, lots of reptiles and many animals. And it was really quite inspiring. And I guess jumping on the back of, of uh, what I mentioned before is that it, it's, it's quite amazing to see where God works. And it's not only in, in uh, our human lives, but it's also in these animals' lives. They've, they've found a bit of a, a, a niche. Yeah, that's it. Something where things aren't quite going exactly to plan. Um, and God has, has provided the wombat for these animals uh, to help them uh, bounce back in, in their own way. Um, it's interesting because it's 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 kind of like you know wombats have really come through as the great heroes mm. of the Australian drought and bushfire season. Mm. This is information we've known about before, but we've never seen it illustrated as starkly. Yeah, because they have actually been the saviors of so much wildlife that Absolutely. would have been lost mm. if it wasn't for wombats and their burrows. Because you know you've got kangaroos going down there. You've you. Kind of got pretty much any kind of critter. If they can squeeze their little head in. If they can squeeze into a wombat burrow, that's where they go when the bushfire comes through. And as you say, it's a source of water for you know people during times of drought. So, yeah, our furry little wombats. Who would have thought? They, they're great heroes of uh, you know survival for other species here in yeah, Australia. They do wonders. And one very last little story that I, I thought of. Um, also that happened yesterday is um, is they took uh, in in Brisbane uh, this is this is a well-known story um, however I do feel that we do need to once again acknowledge these people um, is the wonderful fireys they had a bit of a, a ceremony in Brisbane and I thought it was very very inspiring but one particular thing that I, there was a, a parade um, through Brisbane City and I was in Brisbane yesterday before I drove down um, they had a parade and there was um, there was one little girl that I saw there that was holding up a sign and um, I, I, I didn't really get talking to her but from what I gathered she was okay but she had a um, a, a relative that uh, was, was affected by um, the fires and I think she also had someone that was even affected by the floods that recently happened um, and she was out there and um, she really wanted to take the time to really appreciate these firemen and, and all these service people and um, yeah, I thought that was very inspiring to see that not only are the the, the older people gra- uh, gracious to these wonderful servicemen and women, um, but also also sorry the uh, the young people in our lives that uh, are really appreciative of everyone in our life that takes care of us. Yeah, I think it's important that we don't forget the bushfires, you know, the firefighters, because yep. you know the, our crisis that is emerging right now is coronavirus, and it seems that the heroes for this year, the heroes for last year were our fires. The heroes yep. for this year are going to be our medical personnel. Anyway, this is uh, Melissa Otto with Get Up and Run. Show me the way to peace Show me 
get up and run. Right, guys, you're listening to Melissa Otto with Get Up and Run. This is The Breakfast Show. We're about to have the second clue for our quiz. Before we do, what's our prize? Our prize, the the coveted prize that we'll be uh, seeking this morning, is uh, a lovely book by Mark Finlay, and it is When God Said Remember. Now, this book is uh, a short but powerful uh, book about Sabbath worship. Pastor Finlay, he, uh, he, he, clo- he clearly shows that the Sabbath commandment is an unchangeable commandment from God, even though humans have twisted it to the point where Sunday is a shell of what is meant to be uh, true worship. So prepare to have your beliefs gently and lovingly challenged. That is When God Said Remember by Mark A. Finlay. Okay, so if you'd like to get your copy, you need to answer this next clue. The first one was, who made Ishbosheth king of Israel? Here comes our second clue. Second clue is, I brought David to King Saul after he had killed Goliath. Hmm, double prizes available because I've not yet sorted this one. So it's, a, it's one step closer. 1-800-324-843, that's 1-800-FAITH-FM, or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. And we will not only send you that first book that we just spoke about, we will send you a second one as well, if you can get it before the next segment, because I reckon I will get it in the beginning of the next segment, but we will see. <laughs> anyway, uh, Liam, we need to talk about some more serious stories here this morning, and this one in particular is very, very serious. It kind of strikes home very, very close to me. Mm-hmm. 
we were told that, uh, and this is, of course, this is a story you won't hear in mainstream media. Well, that's uh, this is this is this is. Sorry, I butted in. No, that's okay. <coughs> you have not heard this story in mainstream media. The small uh, Christian school in Ballarat could be forced to close. Really? And the question is why? So this is Ballarat Christian College. Now, they are, as I understand, associated with Australian Christian College, where my uh, kids went to school. We were told during the same-sex marriage debate that when we spoke about, you know, the danger of a slippery slope, it was absolutely rubbish. Mm, yep. You know, there's no such thing as a slippery slope. Yep. It's never going to affect religious liberty. Yep. We're never going to get radical gender ideology being mm-hmm. forced upon us as a result. Um, Christine Foster, in particular, said that schools would never be under any kind of threat whatsoever at all. Mm. And here you have one that is on the verge of being closed. Very much under threat. Um, and very much under threat. This is after an arduous legal battle, and you can imagine how legal battles turn out, and Mm -hmm. the stress, the worry, and particularly the financial strain that they place on everybody. Yeah. So a teacher at this particular school, a lady by the name of Rachel Colvin, sued the college. Oh. Uh, And the reason that she sued the college is that they wanted to retain their freedom of, and this kind of sounds bad until you actually understand what it is, discriminatory employment. Very big words that okay. sound like a lot. Yeah. And so you hear the word discrimination. Oh, discrimination is a terrible thing. No, discrimination is actually what's, what makes the world go, go around because that is what enables you to hire people with the skills that you actually need. Mm. And so here in Australia, schools practice discriminatory employment in that, for instance, a Christian school, you know, for instance, the Adventist school system, which, you know, is a very large private school system yep. across Australia, where Seventh-day Adventists here on this particular station, so we use it as an example, mm-hmm. they will preference teachers who are Seventh-day Adventists because, you know, we, 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 we present a Seventh-day Adventist ethos So we want in our teachers school. that can teach yeah. that. So that'll be kind of our first preference. Our second preference will be Christians of other faiths, you know, and, and there's kind of a, you know, we kind of scale down from yeah. there. Because obviously, you know, to be able to staff big schools and those kind of things, you need to be able to employ all those kinds of people. But we are allowed to preference teachers, or we have been in the past, allowed to preference teachers based on their religious beliefs and practices and faith. Mm. Now, of course, that is absolutely intolerable to organisations like Equality Australia and particularly Rachel Colvin from Ballarat Christian College who sued the school because they wanted to maintain their stand on employing teachers who shared you know, the basic Christian belief about uh, in relationship to same-sex marriage that has existed for like the last... 4,000 years or 6,000 years or however far back you want to take it um, as long as the Bible has been written. And as a result of that, of course, the school has has been forced to make a massive payout and endure a horrible lawsuit. And obviously risk being shut down. And could... And could close their doors as a result of this, you know, lawsuits, particularly particularly when you get an organisation the size of Equality Australia who throws their weight and their resources and their money behind a lawsuit like that. 
Which from, I, I don't know for certain because I don't have the facts, but I do believe that they have quite a bit. They've obviously got quite a lot of oh, support yeah. from plenty of people around, now, not only the country, but around the world. Um, so I can imagine that that happens. This is, this is scary from a number of circumstances, a number of perspectives, because you know, you've got one employee who thinks that their place of employment must be forced to share their political views, and if they're not forced to share their political views, then they must be sued and potentially put out of business. If that's the Australia that we are now living in, that's terrifying. It's certainly something to... Worry about you know the whole the whole concept of Equality Australia worries me. Just mm. just even the name, the title itself. You know why don't we have Freedom Australia rather than Equality Equality Australia? It sounds a lot more welcoming, I guess you could say. You see, Equality Australia, when you when you think about that actual title, places the precedence of equality over freedom. Now, whenever you take the philosophy of equality over freedom rather than freedom over equality, that's what we call an illiberal democracy. Freedom over equality is a liberal democracy. Equality over freedom, I was speaking about this on the weekend down in Sydney, is an illiberal democracy. Now, find me anyone on the planet mm. who has enjoyed living under an illiberal democracy. Everybody who lives under an illiberal democracy is sort of breaking neck next to try and get out from underneath it and go live somewhere else. Indeed. And the question is, you know, when I look at something like this taking place, I just have to ask the question, is there a more intolerant organisation in Australia than Equality Australia? Mm. You know, they will not tolerate Christianity, basic Christianity, under any circumstances whatsoever at all, it seems. Uh, what is also worrying is that now we are approaching stage two of ScoMo's Religious Liberty Bill... And there's still doubt as to whether Christian schools are going to be protected. Mm. Uh, hopefully, you know, the submissions that have been put in are going to have their effect. But, uh, you know, this, is, this, this religious discrimination bill really is a test for Labor. We know that um, it's violently opposed by Penny Wong and others um, who do not believe that schools should have the right to employ staff who share the school's, you know, basic beliefs and ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, she opposes that viciously and tried to do away with it. Around about this time last year, we nearly completely lost our religious living in Australia. It was saved by two votes for those who remember what was going on. So we need to be we need to be thinking about this seriously. We really need to be praying about religious liberty here in Australia. Uh, we were insured when uh, the same-sex marriage bill came through, that these kind of things would never happen. Yep. I could tell you about another 50 if I had time. This is something that is happening every day, and it has made Australia a dangerous place to be a Christian mm -hmm. and to be a Christian organization. Mm. Bishop Michael Curry, who spoke at Harry and Megan's wedding, mm -hmm. Anglican bishop, gave an inspiring message on love. And stated that when love is the way, there is plenty of room for all of God's people. It seems except for those who stand for what the Bible says. William, Bishop William Love, who works for Archbishop Michael Curry, is about to be placed on trial. No, not over money scandals, not over sex scandals. Uh, not over doctrinal differences, but because of a violation of Canon 5.4.1C Resolution B012, just in case you want to look that up in Talking your Bible. About the fine lines. Uh, 
um, because he also is refusing to perform same-sex marriage himself and is about to be thrown out of the Anglican Church for standing up for something that is basic Christian doctrine, you know, across pretty much all of Christianity mm. and has been so throughout the entire history of Christianity. Well, it seems that uh, if you stick with traditional Christianity, you could well be out of a job. This is uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mine eyes have seen the glory Of the coming of the Lord He is trampling out the vintage where The grapes of wrath are stored He hath loosed the fateful lightning Of his terrible swift sword His truth is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. With the glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us us make men free. While God is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah His truth is marching from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Guys, that was Anna Weatherup, and we are back with interestingly enough, Encounter with God. Before we go to that, and there is a reason for that that we're going to share with you in just a moment, Liam, what yes. have we got for our next? Oh, we have somebody who answered it before someone, me. That's someone disgusting. answered this uh, this wonderful quiz before you did, Lyle. So yes. Um, Disgraceful. The next question. The, oh, congratulations, bragging rights. They've done well. Double prizes going to. Very uh, much. Congratulations to Julia in South Australia. Um, again, the 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 clues we had were: I made Ishbosheth king of all Israel. Um, then I brought David to King Saul after he had killed Goliath, and it was after those two clues that Julia was able to answer with Abner. Abner, well done. It was kind of flirting around there in the back of my brain, but it certainly wasn't coming to the front. So, uh, Julia, congratulations. Double prizes coming your direction. So, we're going to move on with another clip quiz. What's on the other side of your quiz card there? Uh, we've got enough time for another one, so we'll do a second one. Today. Perfect. The other side, uh, it is another who am I? And clue number one, I told the people of Israel that if I was in charge and they came to me with a complaint I would see that they got justice. And the answer would probably be that. 100%. Okay, so single prizes on this one. And if you know the answer, you give us a call right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Daniel. And you are all wondering, what? Wait a minute. Interview of the daytime. Oof. Why are we going to Daniel? It's because, well, an interview of the day hasn't answered their phone yet. So a... we're going to do Encounter with God while we try and get them on the phone. Um, something is something has happened. We do not know what. We Might pray that all is person. well. Anyway, um, book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10. Okay, this is a super cool chapter. Mm. This is one of... Very, very few. There's probably only maybe one or two chapters in the Bible other than this one that are the equivalent of Daniel chapter 10. Mm. What makes this chapter so unique is it one of those chapters that is like peeling back a curtain and getting a behind-the-scenes view of what is taking place in the universe. Mm. So typically as human beings, all we ever get to see is what is taking place you know, in front of us, what we can see with our eyes or what we can hear on the news media, whatever that uh, we are listening to. Of course, uh, 
get excellent news here on Faith FM. <laughs> um, but that's kind of all we ever get to see what's going on. It is rare that we get a behind-the-scenes look. But the reality is that at all times, we are not alone. We are surrounded by spiritual beings that we cannot see. And the universe is full of life. And that within that universe, there is a war raging between good and evil. We call it the great controversy. Mm. It is a war of ideologies, Mm -hmm. a war of ideas, a war over what's the best form of government. Is God's government a government of love or not? It is a war that Satan is fighting and ultimately is a war for the minds and the hearts and the souls of every human being, yourself included here on this planet. Mm. Okay, so we're going to take a bit of a look behind the scenes, but before we do, we've got to get some historical context. So... Liam. Yes. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1, please. Verse 1. Now, I, of course, am reading from the New Living Translation. The NLT, (laughs) which my co-host always reads from. (laughs) That's all right. If he comes unstuck, I'll give it to you from the KJV. But anyway, that's okay. All right. So Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. Okay, so Daniel has a vision. This is the last vision that Daniel is going to have. It's going also going to be the longest vision. It's going to extend well into the future. It is something that uh, is going to encompass all of chapter 10, all of chapter 11, all of chapter 12. It's going to have time prophecies in it. It's going to have an incredible amount of detail in it. Detail on a scale that you do not find in any other prophecy anywhere in the Bible. Mm. Predictive, you know, end time prophecy. Yeah. In fact, it has so much detail in it that in the very short space of time that we have, which is basically three weeks. Yep to work our way through this particular prophecy, it is unlikely that we are going to be able to deal with all the detail that is available to us. That's a lot of information. It's a tremendous amount of information. Now, of course, the Bible says here this is the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. What is interesting at this particular point in Earth's history is that Daniel is an incredibly old man. Mm. In fact, by the... uh, By the standards of his day, you have somebody here who has lived two lifetimes. Yep. The average average lifespan for a male in that era was around the mid-40s. Yeah, right. People were doing well and were considered to be old if they made it into their 50s and 60s. Daniel is pushing into... His 90s. Even in today's standards, that's sort of... Even by today's standards, that's a decent life. That's a good innings. That's a very good innings indeed. And so Daniel Daniel would be seen as being, you know, this kind of person. You know how how you sort of like, you know, people like Queen Elizabeth, you're like, is this person immortal? I mean, Mm. they just keep living forever. I've, I've never known a time when Queen Elizabeth hasn't been on the throne. I'm sure she's immortal. Well, actually, she's not. But, you know, you you know what I'm talking about. It's like some people, and, and not only that, but Daniel 
You know, he dates back to a, uh, to a previous era. Mm. When Daniel came into prominence, Nebuchadnezzar had just taken the throne. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Daniel lived during the latter stages of the Assyrian Empire. Mm. He's seen the Assyrian Empire be conquered by the Babylonians and the Persians and the Medes, or the Babylonians and the Medes, I should say, combined together. He's seen the Babylonian Empire rise to power. He's been a central figure in the rise to power of the Babylonian Empire. He's been prime minister under Nebuchadnezzar, the, 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 the greatest ruler in the world of his day. You know, this is this is all that Daniel has seen. And then of course he's seen, you know, Nebuchadnezzar pass away from old age, and Nebuchadnezzar wasn't that much older than Daniel. You know, he was maybe at the very most he was ten years older than Daniel. And so, you know, and then Daniel lives on. And you've got, you know, another what, seventeen, twenty years of Babylonian Empire that pass. And then he's seen the collapse of the Babylonian Empire. He's seen the rise of the Medo-Persian Empire, the dominance of the Medes. He has been prime minister under Darius. And now Cyrus the Persian has taken that particular place, even though Cyrus was, you know, Darius was ruling under Cyrus. Uh, But when Darius died, of course, you know, Cyrus completely takes everything in hand. And so this is where Daniel is at. He is an old man. Cyrus is on the throne. God's people are still in captivity when he has this dream. He has seen so much. Now, you think, you think about somebody who has lived for 90 years. Like our very own queen. Yeah, somebody who was born during the Depression, you know, has seen the, you know, the Second World War. I mean, our queen, she fought in the Second World War. Mm. That, that for us is, feels like ancient history. Think about the technology that she has seen, the changes that she has seen take place in our world. I mean, the Cold War has disappeared and, you know, Russia was a very different thing, you know, even just 30 years ago. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The world was a very different place back then. And so here you've got this guy, he is like... A legend mm. in the city of Babylon. Yeah, he has prophesied the he has prophesied the fall of Babylon. He's also prophesied the fall of the Persians and the Greeks. Yeah, and the Romans. Yeah, he's prophesied all of that, and he has a fourth vision. Well, you could kind of say a third because the first one was actually given to Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, he was the interpreter of that vision, but it was actually given to Nebuchadnezzar. This is kind of like his third one. Mm. Okay, so let's go to uh, verse 2 and 3. Verse 2 and 3. Yes. When this vision... Sorry, my apologies. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Okay. Why would Daniel be... This is what we call fasting and praying. And so this is, you know, obviously not a abstinence from food fast. There are many different kinds of fasts that you can do. The Muslims fast during the month of Ramadan. That doesn't mean that they don't eat for a month. It simply means they don't eat during daylight hours. 
what we've got here is that Daniel is having, a, yeah, a fast from processed food, mm. I guess you could say. It's like a health cleanse. Mm. So, you know, my translation, I had no pleasant bread, neither flesh nor wine. He's going on vegetables and water. Almost like a vegan diet. For yeah, yeah plan- oh, definitely a plant-based yeah. diet. Definitely a plant-based diet. And this is where Daniel started out. Mm. Because when Daniel first came to Babylon, he went on a plant-based diet because, you know, he didn't know what was being served to him from the cafeteria of the colleges of Babylon. Uh, he did know that it was the same food that Nebuchadnezzar was eating. And, and as a result of that, there was no way that and Nebuchadnezzar was eating a lot of things that were forbidden in the Bible. And so there was no way that he was going to go anywhere near it. And so the safe thing to do was vegetables and water. Stick to the basics. Can't go wrong there. That's Not going to hurt you any. So he's gone back to this vegetables and water. It's like a cleanse. Mm. It's like a health cleanse. And, and, you know, I think that just purely from a health, health perspective, this is a great thing to do. Yeah. From uh, occasion to occasion, if you're not already on a plant-based diet. Of course, we promote a plant-based diet here on Faith FM. Um, <clears throat> but if you're not already there, this is a really, really valuable thing to do. It is something that Christians will typically do during a time of prayer. Yeah. Particularly when there's something super important mm. that is about to take place. Mm. And so we have to stop at this particular point and ask ourselves the question, why is Daniel praying? Yeah. And what what has motivated him to fast and pray? Yeah. And the answer is found in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 2. Uh, verse 1 and 2, actually. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. A little bit of review for us all here. This is kind of a, you know, this 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 uh, first couple of verses of Daniel chapter 9 sort of pull chapter 10, chapter 9, chapter 8, and chapter 6 pulls it all together. Anyway, these two verses, please. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Asaurus, who became king of the Babylonians during the first year of his reign. I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem lied desolate for 70 years. Okay, so how long was Jerusalem supposed to lie desolate for? Uh, 70 years. 70 years. Daniel was captured in the f- the very first time that Jerusalem was captured by Nebuchadnezzar. He conquered that city three times. Mm. When you come down through the story, this this verse that you just read from chapter 9 was the first year of Darius. Yep. Darius reigned for two years. Yep. Now you come to chapter 10, it's the third year of Cyrus. So this is now five years since the Persians have come to power. Five years since the Persian has come to power means that the 70 years is up. Yeah. And God's people have not been sent home. They are still captives. They are still living in Babylon. Jerusalem is still in ruins. The temple has not been rebuilt. Absolutely Nothing is happening in relationship to Daniel's people, the Jewish people, God's people, his church. So at this point, they might be doubting. It would be a a, a point where you could be tempted to doubt and say, mm. what, what, wait a minute. The Bible said 70 years. You know, maybe he even thinks, well, maybe it's 
maybe the seventy years is dated from the, the the second captivity or the third captivity. Maybe it's not dated from the first one. And if you were in Daniel's shoes at that particular time, that would be you know a really good excuse to fast and pray and say, mm. Lord, make it the first one, not the last one. Yes. Um, Daniel is one of these very few people who can remember Jerusalem and who was there and who worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem. He remembers the temple that stood, Solomon's temple that stood. He can remember back into a previous era. And so when you look at the context of the time period of Daniel chapter 10, it gives you a very, very good understanding as to why Daniel chooses to fast and pray. So Daniel chooses to fast and pray, and the moment that he does, heaven responds. The question that goes through my mind is this. Why does heaven wait until Daniel prays? God's made the prophecy, right? So therefore it's going to happen, isn't it? Mm. Okay, so if God has made the prophecy, and it's going to happen, what effect do our prayers have? Why does God even ask us to pray? Why bother at all? Does Is there something happening here on this earth that God doesn't know about that we need to inform God about? Mm. Got Liam here. I think... Um, puzzling over this one. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit like... Uh, I, I, it says in the Bible that God knows everything, you know? He, he yeah. knows you before you're born. He knows... He can count every hair on your head. That's right. And he knows what's happened in the past and he knows what's happening in the future. Uh-huh. Yet he still allows us to make those choices. Okay. Very good point. So freedom of choice comes into it? Exactly. That's that's sort of where my head's uh, leaning towards and, and the path that it's heading down. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I think it, it, it also allows us, it, it, it teaches us, um, which is one thing I think God does a, a fantastic thing of doing, um, teaching us and um, giving us the opportunity to, you know, we, we don't always learn everything by learning the good things. Sometimes we need to learn about the bad things to better understand the good things in our lives and, and better appreciate the good things in our lives. And I think in this situation here, God might be just reminding the, the Israelites and the Jewish people that um, reminding them that, that He really is God and that the great things that He can do for them. I think that is a very valid point. I think there's something else, and this is one of the things that's going to come through in this chapter because we are getting a behind-the-scenes look. We have a situation where we're going to actually see how the controversy plays out. Now, think about this. Any time that God intervenes on this planet, it's going to be opposed by Satan. And Satan is going to come along and say, well, this is my planet. This planet has chosen me. Therefore, quit meddling. Mm. Keep your fingers out of planet Earth. Yeah. God can dispute that because God bought the place back yeah. with the death of Jesus on Calvary. When God meddles with people who are servants of Satan, there's no indication that Cyrus is a follower of God at this particular point. Mm. Satan can say, well, stop meddling with this person because it doesn't matter whether you've redeemed the world or not. This person hasn't accepted your redemption, therefore they are my follower, so stop meddling with them. But what happens if somebody prays for that person? And what happens if they really seriously pray for that person? You see, then God can come down to this earth and God can start to meddle and Satan will turn up and say, you can't do that. You can't meddle here. 
And God can say, well, actually I can because I'm here by personal request. And this is one of the things that makes our prayers so powerful and so effective is that it gives God an opportunity to work where Satan cannot make any accusation that God is unfairly meddling with this world. This is Alan Jackson with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus And to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise And to know the saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him How I proved Him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust Him Yeah.